I have a very interesting gentleman. His name is Greg Moyer, and he has created a very interesting website over at inventiveguild.com. Now I'm going to mention one word and that is flow state. So keep that in mind as you're listening to this interview because there's so much information we're going to share with you today. It will blow your mind. Now Greg has created the framework for inventive thinking which aligns with modern neuroscience and is modeled from the seven thinking and doing habits common to history's greatest inventors, innovators, entrepreneurs, composers, marketers, scientists, artists, and engineers. And that's only a tidbit of information about this. Welcome, Greg, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. Now, we had a long conversation before this interview began because you have so much knowledge in relation to how to achieve flow state, what the triggers of flow state are. But before we get into all this knowledge, which is so helpful for up and coming musicians or anybody who wants to get into flow state, you have a background in music. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, yeah. I as we've talked, I, I, I'm really not a musician per se, but uh, my musical journey began about the age of five when I was given the, I was given a record um, of Peter and the Wolf. And I think I wore it out. And um, one of the things I was most fascinated with was how an instrument could play a role or play a character. And, uh, oh, I just, I just loved it. And, um, and then I was given oh, uh, stacks of records by family members, and, and I think I wore those out too. And through high school, I experimented with guitar and keyboards. And, but by the time I was 18, I, I, could, I, I had what they called golden ears, and it was tested. Um, I could recognize specific frequencies, and it was something that I kind of practiced on purpose in one of my advanced electronic classes. And, and um, uh, though I couldn't necessarily tell you what the musical note was, I could tell you what the frequencies were. And with this kind of deep level of interest in music that I had, um, I, uh, I, I basically had an opportunity to run sound for a high school band. And that quickly expanded into um, being taken under the wing of a, of a local audio engineer who uh, really kind of taught me the ropes. By the age of 21, I was mixing uh, in the studio and I was mix mixing live concerts for bands like Blue Easter Cult and uh, other bands of, of those decades. And by the age of 23, I was designing concert audio sound systems. And um, after doing that for a while, I, um, I started exploring writing and directing and producing. Um, uh, musicals and videos and uh, live concerts and um, yeah so yeah so you understood that music has that element in it to really trigger emotion really trigger feelings and emotions and you can go further I suppose and say it promotes chemicals in the brain and all that kind of thing 
Well, yes, and, and and you're right. As a matter of fact, it does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Dopamine being one. Dopamine being one. And uh, there are other uh, neurotransmitters. Um, dopamine, probably the most prevalent when it comes mm -hmm. to um, what, um, uh, you know, neurochemicals that, that music affects. Yeah. But even, even the Romans understood this, right? They would go into battle with drums. And why drums? Well, because... Certain drums and drum beats help elevate uh, the activity of the adrenal glands, you know, and adrenaline. I mean, the science, is, yeah. the science, what science has discovered about sound and how sound can create so much hidden feeling and emotion and how it triggers the body yeah. in so many different ways. It's just amazing. It now, really you is. have created this framework. Um, you call it FIT, framework and for, sorry, framework for inventive thinking, FIT. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So um, one of the things I discovered uh, in my um, research, ongoing research that started about 30 years ago is uh, common attributes of great innovators past and present. And um, I've actually discovered 29 of them that are common to all of them. And these attributes really are, uh, they're both personality attributes and, and um, behavioral attributes. And they really uh, hidden in those um, are synthesized these thinking and doing habits, things that they did cognitively, you know, think about mm -hmm. how they yep. thought and, yep. then, and then actions they took about what they did. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I put them together in a way that kind of makes sense. And that's aligned with how our brains naturally wired to invent or create and then socialize those creations. And um, uh, so that's why I call it a framework. So what I want to know is really, when you think about this framework, now, what kind of people or who did you study? Um, when people go over to your website, they'll see a, a lot of photographs of different people here, such as Da Vinci, Marie Curie, Edison, and so forth. Can you give some examples of what some of these people would have done? in their own lives to create this framework that they successfully created from? Sure. So uh, as a matter of fact, I use those images on purpose because those are the people who I extensively studied. Okay. So people like Walt Disney, um, uh, Mo I, I don't know if I put Mozart's picture in there, but Mozart would be one. Beethoven is definitely in there. And, and other composers um, as well. And, and of course, um, Steve Jobs of Apple. <laughs> Steve Jobs, one of my idols. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, so just, just as a quick example, um, uh, uh, curiosity. They all had an, an insatiable thirst to learn. And, yeah. and they were curious about not just one thing, not just about music, but about almost everything in life, right? Okay. Uh, they were constant learners. Um, uh, I can tell you one, it's not one of the things that I list as one of the 29 attributes, but I can tell you something common to all of them. They all either took a walk or took a nap every day. <laughs> a walk or a nap every day. Yeah, which, which leads to one of the 29 attributes is they all gave their brains time to think. Well, yes, but I would add to that. And I've felt this for a long time that, you know, from a student's perspective, you have to give your brain a rest for it to soak up what you're trying to learn. 
literally free oh. to it's like a sponge soaking up water you have to give it a chance to soak up the water pretty much that's that that's exactly right um our brains are incredible amazing uh you know it, it it's just in a some call it a machine because it's you know yeah, so active and, yeah yeah um but it really is an amazing thing so you have people like um da vinci what was particular about da vinci that really fascinated you i think one of the things that well first of all uh, growing up as a child i thought we had the same birth date as it turns out they were a day apart but i thought they were the same and he's italian and i'm you know part italian and and so there was kind of a kinship there um he had this insatiable thirst for learning um he's a polymath and an autodidact, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things I learned about studying da Vinci is he's not, uh, he wasn't formally educated. Um, in fact, he was not allowed to go to the normal schools because he was born out of wedlock. So um, just about everything he learned, he learned by his own discovery and or he learned from others, but it was, but he pursued the learning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I think I found so fascinating is uh, uh, he, he really um, thought a lot about the intersection between science and art. Okay. Um, uh, Steve Jobs talks about this too. Uh, Steve Jobs, it was one of the things uh, about da Vinci that Steve Jobs admired and actually adopted was was this intersection between science and art. And so if you look at da Vinci's work, um, you know, he was into biology and, you know, dissecting things and he mm-hmm. drew a lot about it, right? Muscular yeah. structure and skeleton yes. structure. Yeah. Kind of like what, he always wanted to know what's beyond, what's beyond what you see, right? Yes. Now he did that when it came to light. He invented different painting techniques to express how light actually works and how shadows actually work um, that had never been done before. Yeah. And so he, he, really, um, he really strived to see beyond what was obvious. And, and I think, uh, and he did that throughout his whole life. The other thing I really admire about him is he wasn't a workaholic. He was, he was just a super highly productive person as well as every one of those people on that list and all the great innovators throughout history. Um, because one of the things I discovered is the same attributes that, that lead to and are a catalyst of inventive thinking are the same attributes that lead to peak performance. Okay. And I th- think about it. Da mm-hmm. Vinci created more than 5,000 pages of detailed manuscripts with writings and drawings. He had dozens of inventions and engineering projects uh, that he had gotten hired for. He, he uh, 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 I think, what, 12 or 15 major works of art that changed the art, you know, the practice of art um, in history. And, um, but the same can be said uh, with all the other people that are there too. We, we know that, that they all had, they, they just weren't workaholics. And so the beauty is we can learn from them. Success leaves clues, right? Yes. And, yeah. and so we can learn from them. Well, one of the common attributes or common behaviors is, and they even talk about this, is being in the zone. Yes. So yeah. now 
because of, of the research of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, uh, we now call that flow. I just want to enter this whole discussion now about flow state. And there's a lot of talk online about aspects of flow state. How is that linked in even with performance? And I'm talking about performance within sport, within music, within all kinds of genres of life. It could be the corporate world even. Now, there's a lot of debate about the true definition of what flow state is. So where do you come in in this debate about flow state? And what is it? Um, yeah, well, as you referred to, you know, a lot of people refer to it as being in or getting in the zone, right? Yes, getting in the zone. Yeah. And uh, so we know it's been around for a long time because even people like Da Vinci wrote about that and and uh, other innovators uh, described being in the zone. Um, I, I, I think technically it's really, uh, without getting too scientific, it's defined as this optimal state of consciousness um, where you feel your best and perform your best. And, and But that's really an oversimplification. It really describes those moments of rapt attention. And, and we use that word on purpose, rapt. Um, uh, it, rapt attention and total absorption. And for those who don't know what rapt means, it's, it's being completely fascinated by what you're seeing or hearing or, or, or being carried away, almost like being in another place, right? Um, and then also this total absorption where you get so focused on the task at hand that everything else melts away, right? Action and awareness merge. Um, your sense of self vanishes, you, your sense of time distorts. It might speed up or really slow down. Um, hours will fly by in what feels like minutes. Um, and I would, I would also say as well that this idea of thinking of yourself, your own questions for yourself, your own self-doubts and so forth has no place in the arena of flow state. Am I correct with that? Assumption? Well, that's, that's right. Because, because, and actually there's a, there's a neurological reason why that is, because we know now that from a scientific per perspective, that what's happening during that state is they call it transient hypofrontality. And I'll define that. It, okay. It's really that state where you're, um, uh, your brain kind of temporarily shuts down the prefrontal cortex. So, which is where uh, self-doubt is generated from, for example, right? Okay. Which is where self-awareness self is generated from, right? So you get this sense of distancing from yourself. Um, and and uh, it, it's, it's really an amazing thing what's going on in your brain when this occurs. Um, now, how do we, uh, I think a lot of people ask or want to know, how do we get into flow state, right? What, you know, what are the benefits of it? Well, first, I would say, um, if somebody wanted to understand or see somebody in flow state, can you give some examples that people can look up on YouTube or Google or somewhere, you know, to oh, absolutely. really good examples of what flow state looks like? Uh, one of my favorite examples is what, uh, a lot of people consider is the greatest musical solo of all time. And that's a solo um, by Oscar Peterson. Uh, he's playing, actually, he's playing in a location, I think a jazz club in London, if I'm yes, not mistaken. It's, yeah, BBC Four anyways, up in the video. Yeah. So just, yeah. And, and um, the piece is actually part of what they used, would play together, he and his group, the Boogie Blues Etude. 
And you've got to watch this video. I mean, it, this is the perfect example of performing in flow state. Just to understand the, the real complexity of what's going on and how he's not even thinking about it. I mean, you can tell by watching him, it's it's just flowing, right? Which is why Mihai Csikszentmihalyi coined the term flow, right? Yes. It's just flowing. And, the, and, and it's true with the other two musicians that are with him. They actually get into this, what we call group flow. Um, but, um, uh, and, and there's some music analysis about what he's playing that's also fascinating because then you understand just how really complex this, this was, all these things that he was doing. But that's my, that's, I, I would say that's my perfect example of flow oh, state. flow. And I mean, when you look at the video, and I'll have the link in the show notes, but when you look at the video, you, you get the impression that he's, he's in this other zone of reality somehow. He's, he, I can't put it in any other words. Like if, if you think it's like he's in a parallel universe to, to from those all around him in the environment he, he's in. And that leads me into another question. How important is the environment when somebody's trying to achieve flow state? How important is the environment around them? It's extremely important. The environment is extremely important. It's actually one of the conditions. So um, to, you know, part of, Part of uh, the, the flow experience, um, you know, we have triggers. We know things that trigger flow. We have conditions. Uh, those are like environmental conditions and our conditions of our mental state. And then, uh, then there's also social or uh, uh, blockers, what we call flow blockers. And the environment is incredibly important because a lot of things occur in the environment. One, one of the uh, biggest detractors to flow state is actually distractions. And, and um, uh, you know, we're, we, we almost train our brains to be distracted, right? Uh, yeah, with our, our phones, cell phones all the time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, but there are other distractions as well. Um, 
uh, self-doubt, self-doubt's yes. a distraction, right? Yes. And, and, and um, so the environment is extremely important because if there's a lot going on around you, it's almost impossible to get into flow. Um, one of the things that, that we also recognize about the environment is it has a lot to do with how long we stay in flow, not just if we can get into flow state. Um, so those are kind of the two parameters of flow. Flow is not binary, right? It's not on or off. There's different, there's different levels of flow. So on the one end of the scale, we have what we call microflow. Well, that would be like when you get involved in writing, let's say you're writing an essay and two hours go by before you know it, right? Um, that would be like being in a state of microflow. Then we have macroflow. That would be like um, Alex Honnold, right? The free climber who was the first to free climb uh, 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 in the Yosemites. Um, and just a mind-blowing experience. Or Oscar Peterson, who we just mentioned, right? Yes, yes. Uh, that would be an example of macroflow. That's like, that's like off-the-charts flow. Yes, okay. Um, and is there some um, data suggesting like how many hours does it take somebody to achieve flow state? I've heard it quoted, for example, for to become an expert, you need 10,000 hours in your chosen subject matter. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but is, is there some kind of data explaining this type of, the there, type there of really, that's required? Yeah, there really isn't. It's really more conditional. And the 10,000 hours you refer to is, um, that that's actually Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, um, who did a lot of the uh, uh, clinical research yeah. on this state and came up with the term flow. Yeah. Um, he actually uh, talks about uh, when achieving creativity is a huge part of flow state. And in fact, through subsequent research, we know that flow state enhances creativity by as much as 400% and lasts for as much as three days after being in, in a deep flow state. My goodness. But um, the 10,000 hours is really more about the amount of expertise and experience that Mihai Csikszentmihalyi um, um, uh, believed uh, that it required to reach your optimum uh, creative potential. Okay. And there's an argument about the, the number of hours, but one of the things uh, we do know is that um, uh, skills and learning are a really important element of flow state. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a beginner, um, you're probably never going to be in a flow state much beyond your current skill level. And so it may be hard for you to really kind of achieve that state. And they call it the challenge skills gap. And that is if something is, is too challenging or very challenging, um, it causes stress and frustration in the brain, and it's almost impossible to get into the flow state under those conditions. And if something is not challenging enough, it becomes kind of boring to the brain, and it's almost impossible to get so into the, the flow state. So you're, you're saying there that they are the blockers really from, you know, stalling you, oh, yes. accessing the flow state, if you were. Yeah. Okay. Stress, uh, frustration, boredom, those are all flow state blockers. Okay. And so you want to try to find that, you know, that, like I say, there's, there's kind of this, this channel or this gap, yes. um, the magic, kind of the magic sweet spot, uh, according to Stephen Kotler and his research group is about 4%. So it, 
something that's about maybe about four to five percent above your normal level of skill level and or knowledge. Okay, okay. I think there's a great um, example of a musician at the moment that's pretty big on the scene of classical music, and that's Stefan Hauser, cellist. And um, when you speak about the blockers and you look at him doing interviews in particular, he always is in a zone of happiness, you know, kind of like a high vibrational zone of expression. He's always making jokes, having fun with the interviewer. Um, and then when he's on stage, he's kind of playing games with the fellow performers and stage and so forth. To me, that's probably where and why he's so successful in terms of his ability to play the cello so well in such a flow state that he presents it with. But now you've got your website over at inventiveguild.com. So if people want to learn how can they integrate some of these principles into their lives um, in the attempt to get to that flow state level, what can they find in your website to help them? Or what are you coming out with soon even? Well, so the website just barely introduces some of the training that we're gonna be offering. And um, uh, first of all, um, I'm more than happy to uh, take direct messaging. So if they'd like to contact me directly, they can do so through LinkedIn. Uh, just look me up, Greg Moyer. And uh, they can also do that through the websites. Uh, there's a place on the website that they can to stay informed. They can, and I'll respond and they can ask a question or whatever they uh, feel like doing uh, through the websites. And also uh, there's gregmoyer.com. Okay. So they can go to inventiveguild.com or gregmoyer.com. Um, what we're, so what, what I've already launched is um, a program called uh, Get Fit Fast. Uh, so that is personalized training. It's two days of immersive training to uh, learn and apply the framework for inventive thinking. Uh, one of the elements in the framework is flow. Uh, it's one of the common thinking and doing habits of uh, great innovators past and present. Um, not that they're in flow all the time, that's almost impossible but they spend more time in flow than the average person. But it seems to me, Greg, that um, if they are aware of the framework of getting into that flow, they know how they can get in there. And that's when they're at their peak performance, when they're either in business, trying to solve problems, find new solutions. Um, if it's a creative type, an artist, you know, composing music or even somebody trying to just get beyond their threshold of skill with regarding their musical instrument or if it's in the arena of sport even. Um, if you know this, what I'm trying to emphasize here to you listeners out there, if you know this framework, you have gold. You literally have gold. That's all I can say. You have gold. This is like, this Thank is amazing. You. And, I, and I, would, I would agree with that. Uh, and, and also, um, one of the things that we provide with, uh, you know, with the coach, the initial training and coaching is, is ongoing uh, participation with uh, other like-minded people and with myself. It's going to keep you on track. Um, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing learning about it, and then it's another thing applying it and continually yes, to apply it and improve yes. on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you know, we don't we don't really uh, we can't really force ourselves into flow. 
but we can induce flow. And so there's, we call it stacking. So there's uh, these triggers and conditions. And the more you stack these triggers and conditions, then the more apt you're able to induce flow and stay in flow longer. Well, I would even say to that as a sidekick to that, if you understand what the blockers are for a start, how many people struggle oh, with the blockers? Like, you know, stress is huge, you know, self-doubt. And I know even from... You know, when you play music, you're performing. How many musicians feel that self-doubt and start questioning themselves when things don't work out for whatever reason? You know, but if you have the knowledge of this framework to move beyond that and understand it's a blocker that you can't allow to seed mm -hmm. and put right. it away to the side, you're you're putting yourself in a path of greatest potential, really. Yeah, and like anything else, just like... Uh, developing your skill set with your musical instrument or your composing skills. Um, it's no different with with flow and inventive thinking. Yes. Um, the more you practice, the better you'll get. That's it. Yeah. And that's where the 10,000 hours come in, I suppose, the practicing side. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. it's been great to have you on the podcast, Greg, and we could stay talking forever about this topic because it's I really feel from a musical standpoint, with my own story and what I've seen in the broader musical world, this knowledge is, it's just like gold for somebody who really wants to achieve their dream musical sound. And if you understand the framework and you understand what not to accept as part of that framework and what to include as part of that framework, and then having the luxury of being held accountable to keep you on your path, you're on your way. Simple like that, you're on your way. So it's been great to have you on. And again, just where can people reach out to you again, Greg? Uh, gregmoyer.com. Drop your email. Ask me a question. Um, uh, inventiveguild.com. Do the same. And or contact me directly through LinkedIn. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You could be larger than life. Bigger than the world. Living now. Could be like